All right, here we are, another episode of Keo Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I am chatting with Mark, who is all about being a positive interruption to the status quo. Instead of hiding behind his screen, he aims to do the exact opposite, testing what's possible through social media with unique experiments. In one, he sends personalized videos to every single one of his Facebook contacts once per year on their birthdays, nearly 3,000 of them, and I'm pretty sure he's been doing this for about three years, so that's a lot of love going out to uh, Mark's contacts. It's also just not about being different for him. It's about pushing the limits of digital humanity and using social media to deepen our connections, which helps Mark gather invaluable data and examine relationship building fundamentals. He's just a great human being, really trying to do good with technology and social media, which is obviously a message that we highly support here at Keo. So enjoy this conversation. All right, before we jump in, don't forget all of these awesome guests end up in our journaling and mental fitness app, Keo, to help guide you through your daily reflection. Take for a spin, it's in the Apple App Store, and let us know what you think. Lastly, we've teamed up with the team over at Air. If you're a regular listener of podcasts, this just might really make you happy. Because if you've ever tried to share a specific clip of a conversation, you've realized this is not possible. But I'm happy to say it is now possible. And as a listener of the show, you can gain access to their free private beta iPhone app. There's a link in the show notes. Just sign up for early access. And Air essentially lets you capture the moments that stand out to you while you're listening and then send these clips to your friends or share them on social. So if you use Air and tweet your favorite moment from our show, Make sure to tag us on Twitter, Keo app, KYO app, and you just might appear on the next episode. Thanks as always for listening and have the absolute best day yet. Mark, who are you or what defines you as a person? Mm. Who am I? I am someone who lives from my heart and uh, does my best, is far from perfect, and really loves connecting with other people and uh, being playful. And uh, also, just uh, I'm very much all shades of the rainbow. I am sometimes yeah. free and sometimes super serious. And uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, just, just like everybody else, no better, no worse, just uh, doing my best to make a positive impact in the world and enjoy the process. Love it. I mean, just even listening to um, describe, uh, you know, who you are and, and listening to the words and the way you're, you're, you're putting it out there and linking that back to some other chats we've had. For me, the, one of the words that comes up is just, just authenticity. And, you know, I can feel, I've felt that with our conversations and people can probably feel it listening as, uh, listening along as well is, thanks, Mark. is that Likewise. something that, <laughs> thanks. Is, is that something that, you know, you've, you've developed into, or has it just been the core value of some sort for your, for your entire life? Like share a little bit about the journey maybe. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. I think first and foremost, I've always worn my heart on my sleeve and I think I learned at a really young age 
that when I was really open and honest about how I was feeling and would express it to somebody else, I realized that that created a lot of connection and love. So I realized that uh, it was kind of a superpower and not only unique to me, but available to anyone that when we do have the courage to share what we're experiencing, even if it's scary to say to someone, even if it's something risky because we don't want to look weak, that it really creates the opportunity to connect with someone on a deep level. So I think it's something that's been in me, but at the same time, I'm like everybody else living in this really loud and noisy world where (laughs) we have the expectations of others constantly forced upon us, whether our parents telling us how we should live our lives, our friends kind of leading the way, showing us the things that they like and us kind of maybe conforming to want to fit in with our friends Uh, Together with all the noise in our own heads, I know for me, um, feeling sometimes of feeling like a fraud or self-worth types of issues sometimes makes it more challenging to be authentic. So kind of the story as to how that unfolded in my life, Mark, is I kind of did what was expected of me. I followed my brother to college and I got a corporate job. And it wasn't until I got divorced seven years ago that I realized that while I definitely viewed myself as authentic, and I think most of us feel like we're authentic, I kind of also realized that I really wasn't living a life that was truly authentic because I was really so focused on fitting in and doing what I thought I needed to do and being who I needed to be that I didn't really allow myself to ask like the question, if I could do anything, what would I do? Or if I could be anyone, who would I want to be? So that has been the journey of the last seven years is really tapping into my authenticity and realizing, you know, what's for me and you know, when am I conforming just to kind of play the the human game? So what was the, I mean, obviously a divorce and, and I know that was uh, a challenging time in your life, uh, understandably, but I, I'm, what my question is like, was it that event that forced you to start questioning? Like how did, how did some of those things surface? Because that typically is the hardest part, right? Is that self-awareness that you aren't living the path that um, maybe that you should be on or that you feel is most right, but we're on this autopilot. There's so much going on. There's a lot of busy, there's a lot of noise. It's really hard to hear those, those signals, right? (laughs) Definitely. I mean, no one wants to be uncomfortable. And I think creating change in your life requires anyone to get out of their comfort zone, to maybe do something a little bit differently than we did yesterday. And that can be a really daunting, scary task. So I think uh, it's inevitable because it's comfortable. We stick to what we're used to. Maybe that's a job. Maybe that is uh, a relationship. Uh, maybe that's you know not tapping into a creativity or passion just because you know you're scared of putting yourself out there or scared of the result not being as good as you want it to be, or maybe scared of the success even. So I know that uh, when looking at taking risks and putting ourselves out there and making big changes in our lives, oftentimes it is kind of catastrophic circumstances that allow us to have perspective to make major changes in our lives. Uh, Like in my case, you know, getting divorced, or if you struggle with some sort of health issue, or you get fired from your job, like, you got to do something about it. But I also don't think that it has to be that way. I think that a powerful choice is available to all of us in any given moment. So if you're dissatisfied in any part of your life, maybe it's in regards to your, you know, your, your fitness and your, your just overall health, maybe your nutrition, maybe it is pertaining to your job. Maybe it is pertaining to your relationship. 
that a po- you can make a powerful choice and you don't need to have your life fall apart in order to make major changes. You just got to choose powerfully. Totally. No, I really resonate with that. I mean, having gone through some of that uh, myself and our team as well. So, I mean, thank, thanks for sharing that. I mean, and on our side as well, obviously we're doing everything possible to help people avoid those, those massive walls. Um, but sometimes, you know, that's, that's what's needed, right? For sure. Yeah. I, I get, like I said, yeah, go, I, I, if the divorce hadn't happened, I don't know if I would have been on the path that I'm currently on. So totally. I am definitely for that grateful, even though it was, it felt like a major earthquake in my life and was so challenging and took many years to recover from. Of course, of course. Well, and especially when, like when you're in the thick of that, it's, it's, it's so hard to see perspective. Right. And mm-hmm. I guess it's just a matter of just trusting that, you know, the, the, the journey is, is in your favor in, in some capacity and, and having that hope and faith and asking some powerful questions. Right. Definitely. The other big theme, Mark, no surprise that I'm going to ask you about this, but love. Love is just scattered through through your story. I mean, there's there's obviously some of the projects um, that you're working on now, one being Love Bomb, but then the whole thing around birthdays and you know sharing love around social media and how you can use it for for good. Like these are these are big themes that I keep seeing coming up in in your life. Why don't you explain? And this is I'll I'll link to this in the show notes. People can watch your TED talk on on this. But give a little context about how the whole birthday scenario came up on Facebook. <laughs> sure. So I guess the little context is I've always loved people, and I remember when like before Facebook was even a thing back when uh, I know I use AOL and AOL instant messenger. I look, used to look at people's profiles all the time. So I loved the technology. I loved being able to see what other people were up to. And I've just always been fascinated by social ties. And also just for me, like wondering where my role is, you know, in my community and in my relationship. So that's always been something that uh, I have taken an interest in and cared about. And I love social media, but I wasn't a huge like active participant. I was really scared of putting myself out there. I would rarely post anything, but I'd still spend so many hours a day on Facebook, on Instagram. And it really wasn't until I had started my podcast that I started to like at least lean into social media and utilizing those as a platform to share my voice. Cut to uh, about two and a half years ago, my dad passed away. And my dad had been Mm. sick with Alzheimer's disease for about 18 years. And I had shared about it pretty publicly just because I knew other people uh, had health issues in their families, being a caregiver. And I really wanted to kind of share the good, bad, and the ugly of uh, the experience of having a loved one with Alzheimer's, which is uh, a long kind of brutal disease that has no treatment or cure or really any provable way to prevent at this point in time. So I was sharing a lot about that. And when he actually passed away, I made a post about it on Facebook and Instagram. And I just, I got hundreds and hundreds of likes and comments and people really being appreciative of how open I had been and how I had shared. And maybe they, if they had met my dad, had shared what my dad had meant to them. And I just was so touched by all of the love that I wanted to single-handedly respond to every single one of those people. And Mm. what I found is my dad had just passed away and I was like writing people back and it was taking me forever to get the words right. And like each response was taking me maybe a couple minutes. And (laughs) it just, 
it wasn't working for me. Like I said, I wanted to get back to about a hundred or maybe a couple hundred people. And so I just kind of took up my phone and uh, just press record and started sending voice memos to people. And I found that it was really effective for three reasons. One, it was way quicker than having to agonize over the word choice and having to get all the words right. Second, I realized it was way quicker. And kind of third is people got to hear my voice. It was more than just reading words on a screen, but they actually got to hear me and hear my tone and hear kind of what I was experiencing, which I realized created a lot of connection. So it was such a powerful experience for me, Mark, that I decided I wanted to implement something similar in my everyday life. And I didn't really know how, but I think the next day I went on Facebook and I saw it was about five or six of my friends' birthdays on Facebook. So I decided this is a good opportunity to kind of test this out and see if maybe this is the way that I can implement this kind of connection technique into my life. And I decided I was going to go and send personalized videos. So fast (laughs) forward to today, uh, I've sent about 6,000 personalized birthday videos to people. And I literally send a personalized video to every single one of my Facebook friends on their birthdays. And I have about 3,000 Facebook friends. And uh, I've been doing it for like two and a half, three years. And since I send one to absolutely everyone, it's just absolutely transformed my relationships. It's taught me so much about people. It's taught me so much about connection. And uh, it really has had a positive impact on my mental health and my joy uh, on a day-to-day basis. I love it. And it's, 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 it's actually like now thinking about it, it's, it's no surprise because you hear about this all the time in the research, you know, for, for you to feel fulfilled and happy. I mean, give, you know, give that to others, for example. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and this is clearly a way that you can do that. I'm curious, Mark, you know, since you're a couple of years into it now, so some of these are going to be repeat, um, birthday videos or year two, let's say, have you noticed the difference from year one to year two? Cause like, you know, you get the one video and it's like, oh, that's really nice. Um, no one's doing that, but it's like a one-off, you know, but now you're coming back round two, baby. So <laughs> I'm yeah, still here. I'm actually on round three, which okay. is pretty crazy. So I think like the first year, I, I don't think I was very good at it. And uh, <laughs> at the time there was Facebook messenger had a 15 second cap for messages recorded within the app. And sure. 15 seconds what like wasn't a ton of time. So oftentimes I was rushing these 15 seconds. And some of these people, Mark, like I hadn't seen or spoken to since grade school. Like we literally yeah, had just become face, Facebook friends, but like we were completely out of touch with one another. So that's like some of the people. And then on, other, on some of the other people are people who I'd maybe seen last week or close friends. So you, c- you can't really deliver the message in the same way to someone who you haven't talked to in years versus someone who's in, you know, part of your everyday life. So I definitely have gotten better with it, but the response has been consistent and really unanimous and, and, and universal in that people love getting the videos. And something you alluded to was that, well, just no one else is really sending videos. And I think yeah. that that is part of it that it really kind of comes through like a unicorn in a world where we get a lot of love on our birthdays on, you know, on Facebook, on, on our walls, but a lot of the messages don't have a personalized touch. It's just HBD or happy birthday, have a great year. And when you get a lot of messages on your birthday, unless it really is personal or thoughtful, it doesn't really 
get through or pierce through and like really hit the heart. So what I found is a video message is extremely powerful and it shows a level of thoughtfulness and effort. And, um, you know, the reality is that it takes just as much time as writing happy birthday, have a great year on someone's wall. The only difference is, you know, having your camera on and having some fun with it for that 15 seconds. <clears throat> That's a great point. So how many are you doing um, per day then, roughly? Yeah. So well, today I did 12 and oh, I think man. it took me about probably four minutes. And then, you know, I usually hear back from a little over than 50% of the people and, you know, sometimes people just say, thanks. Um, I'm not asking, I'm not asking people like, let's catch up. When are you free? I mean, a lot of these yeah. people like, you know, it's just like, it's the one time a year that I just give a, give them a little tribute, a little shout out. Uh, I love to share, uh, what I remember about them. Maybe it's uh, a memory that we shared uh, in college, uh, or maybe one of my favorite characteristics about them. Like I find that these things like really allow for the person who I'm sending the message to, to feel appreciated and to feel seen. And they're the thoughts that we have, you know, all day, every day as random people come through our minds. And oftentimes we're doing something else and we don't reach out to the person. And this is kind of my way of expressing that gratitude and appreciation for people being like, you've made an impact in my life and I appreciate you, whether you're currently in my life today or we're in the past. And uh, it's just a really beautiful thing to honor uh, whatever that connection is or was and to keep it alive in some form. Amazing. I, I, I have one more question. I promise I'll, sure. I'll move on from this. But I do I do find um, it's just such a great, a great thing that anyone can do and just sends, uh, you know, just a lot of love in, in, in the world, which we can all use more of. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, out of the three years you've been doing this, like, is there like what's one of the most surprising gifts that you've received out of it that you just didn't expect yeah for sure it, well, i don't need physical I, gifts <laughs> right that that's funny well i think like on like uh the smallest level i get invited to uh, a lot more birthday parties so if you're looking to get invited to more birthday <laughs> parties this is, uh, it's a good tool but i think that that is like the most you know minor but i think in terms of more significance um I mean, this is just kind of something that I've experienced. That's kind of cool is like, I'll send people now I'm on round three of it. And there'll be people who never responded to the first two years worth of videos. Now, I don't know if they didn't see the videos or watched it and just didn't respond, but they'll respond in year three. And then they'll tell me like, they're a big fan of my podcast and have listened to like 40 or 50 episodes. And I'm oh, like, wow. I had no idea that you even knew I was still alive. <laughs> and so I think it, I think it's kind of a, a cool thing that we I, the lesson here for me on that is people see more than maybe you'd lead to believe based on if people are liking your social media activity or commenting on it. People do see it, even if you know the algorithm isn't in your favor. Uh, so it's really shown me that, and it's also kind of shown me just because you might not get traction on posts and stuff like that doesn't mean it's not impacting people. So. I that's think that that's point. kind of a valuable reminder, but a couple more like really significant things, Mark. One of them is um, a friend of mine from college. Uh, I was friends with him in college. We, I think he went to New York. I came to LA. We didn't really talk. And uh, I sent him a personalized video. This was probably two and a half years ago on his birthday. 
And uh, we got a little dialogue going back and forth after that. And then about a few months later, he died. And, oh, wow. and you know, he died tragically at probably age 32 or 33. And without sending the birthday video, we wouldn't have had that chance to connect before he passed away. So I think it's just uh, another reminder that nothing is guaranteed in this life. And if you have something nice to say to someone, say it. And so I feel really grateful for that. And then I think there's two more things I got to say on this. One of them sure. is that it really, really nurtures a relationship. So there'll be people who I haven't seen in like maybe a couple of years and maybe I met them at a party randomly. I mean, we all go out socially and we'll meet people and sometimes we follow them on Instagram and sometimes we become Facebook friends with them. And like, if you don't see that person for a couple of years, if you were to see them again, you know, what do you do? Do you go up and talk to them? Do you like wonder, is that the person that I met a couple of years ago? Or I mean, it's easy to avoid an interaction with someone like that. And yeah. what I have found that by sending these people a personalized video on their birthday, it just creates instant connection. And it's really brought some really amazing opportunities and people into my life. Uh, and it's something that literally, like I said, just takes 15, 20 seconds per person a day. It's really not about the time. It's more about having the energy and choosing to exude it in that kind of generous, kind way. And then lastly, in terms of how it's benefited me, Mark, is it's a daily ritual. And um, by giving and being grateful for people, it naturally improves my mental health. Health, Because you know we all know, if you're listening to the show, that practicing gratitude is good for our own health. So it's yeah. not only these birthday videos, are they not only impactful and light somebody else up when they receive them, which we all want to feel seen, but it also is makes me feel grateful. It's a gratitude practice. And it also reminds me who I am, Mark, on a day where I might be in a little bit of a funk, which you know definitely happens. Uh, I'm certainly <laughs> human. That when yeah. I take those few minutes to wish people a happy birthday, it just reminds me what I stand for. And it reminds me that I'm bigger than whatever the problem of the day is or whatever negative story I'm telling myself that day. So I think from a mental health standpoint, it's been a big game changer for me. It's just such a beautiful circle, right? Of, of let's just call it awesome and love and, and gratitude, all of those great words, right? And it's just a full circle that connects and, and keeps going around. I, I, I love it. And, um, I'm pumped that you you've kept it up. And from what I'm seeing, you're, you're also trying to expand this concept. Right. And I'd love to ask you a little bit about love bomb because I feel sure. this is kind of going from, you know, your personal network to how do you spread some of that love globally? Yeah. Uh, thank you for asking. So, you know, I've been doing this ritual for almost three years and I've had several people who have seen the TEDx talk or people that I'm friends with tell me that they started sending birthday videos as well and sharing with me the benefits that they've gotten from it. So I know it's not something that just works for me. It's available to absolutely anybody. So I encourage you to check it out. But I also realize sending a personalized video to every single person you know is also pretty extreme. And there's definitely people out there and it's a great argument when people argue say this to me, but I, people often tell me, oh, I would rather have fewer closer relationships than a larger volume of maybe not as close relationships. And I totally respect that. And I get that uh, as well. 
And so since it is so extreme to send these personalized videos to everyone, they know I was kind of asking myself, what could give people the same benefit in a way that feels authentic and comfortable for them? So that's where I, I came up with this idea for Love Bomb, which is an app that makes it really easy to choose who's most important to you, who you want to nurture your relationships with, who you want to stay close with, and then making it really fun and easy to nurture those relationships. Because I did a lot of research and I talked to many people and a few of the most common things that I heard, I mean, everyone has some sort of relationship challenge, whether you know so many people and you have trouble time managing other relationships, maybe you have a family and sometimes feel isolated and disconnected from people you care about. I mean, there's just everyone's got some sort of challenge. Maybe it's you don't call your grandparents as much as you'd like. And what I found is that oftentimes people just forget. They lose track of who. Uh, there's not a simple system to do it. And then oftentimes they, they just don't know what to say and often just don't say anything because they don't know what to say. So when I kind of put together a love bomb and I'm still building it, those are some of the things that I really wanted to put at the forefront is helping people really... Uh, get clear on who's most important to them because it's an easy thing to forget to do, uh, to really get clear on that, uh, as well as people who we think are awesome, who we'd love to be closer with. And then helping people know what to say in a way that can break the ice for a conversation or know what to say to acknowledge someone in a powerful way. And uh, that's that's pretty much love bomb in a nutshell. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm hopeful that... Uh, it will really support anyone who downloads the app once it's out uh, with really taking their relationships or social connections to the next level. Totally. Well, I mean, you can count on us being right by your side to promote that message. Uh, you've because... been nothing but supportive, Mark. I appreciate you. <laughs> it's uh, it's a great initiative. Um, the one thing you know that's that's come up over and over again through the conversation so far is just deepening connection. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering what your this might be a bit of a selfish. A selfish question because we get these type of questions all the time given the tech that we're working with and you know social media and all this stuff so like where do you see that connection evolving you know using good tech and using social media and these different platforms to actually deepen connection versus i mean we don't have to list out all the other negatives that we hear all the time all right. but right yeah. like what's your what's your take on that yeah my take is that social media has been around for what, 10, 12 years. So it's like a 10 to 12 year old kid who's just figuring out their own way. So I think that just, yeah, just like a 10 to 12 year old kid, just trying things out. Things are kind of the way they are with social media today, just because that's how it's evolved so far. Uh, with that said, I think it's like, I think it's certainly given us a tool to connect and keep in touch in ways that have never been available to humans. And for that, I think uh, it is so incredibly cool. But what's come along with that today is I think a lot of superficiality, people really sharing just their highlight reels, things that are going to make them look good. And I think there's just a lot of kind of egoic driven behavior on social media as to, you know, what's in it for me, what's going to make me look good, and what's going to keep my attention. And I think we're getting to this point now where you know, there's all these influencers and we don't know what's real and what's not real. And oftentimes, I mean, I know that there's been all sorts of studies that show social media usage linked to increased levels of depression and loneliness. 
And um, there's just so much noise. So I see social media mm-hmm. going in a direction where it actually kind of takes a step back from this like one to the masses type of messaging system and is a little bit more um, is, is a little bit more meaningful. So it I, I see tools that help you cultivate one-to-one connection, kind of like a love bomb that uh, bring more joy to your life. And I think that even looking at Facebook, I know that Facebook's kind of struggling a little bit, uh, especially after the elections and they're making <laughs> all sorts of changes as a result to, I think, people utilizing their platform less and going to other platforms And so the market, I think, is really showing that we want to have smart tech. We don't want to find ourselves going on social media for a 30 to 60 second work break. And then like 30 minutes later, we're like, where the hell did the time go? And I know that that's the way that these apps, social apps have been built. And I see the way of the future is much more responsible where it's helping people get what they want out of the app. So if you want a little break from your work, It'll know exactly the type of content that brings you joy uh, for a couple minutes. And then it'll tell you when it's time to get back to work because it actually cares about you and your interest. It's not just trying to hog your time, attention, and energy. So that's where I see it going. And that really excites me. And uh, I want to do whatever I can to be a part of that solution. Uh, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And I have to say, uh, it, it excites me as well. I, I've never heard the the uh, peril of, of, you know, a 10 year old kid, um, basically trying to figure out life essentially at this point, which is so bang on. I mean, if you, if you reframe things from that perspective, then it, you know, totally makes sense. But I agree with you that we are, we're going, we're in that messy middle right now of transition essentially. And I, I can, I can feel it as well. There's a lot of great health tech benefits out there and there's great, um, connection benefits, but you know, there's a huge, mindset shift that that needs takes place to allow for that to, to come in right and, and forming healthy relationships with um whatever the tech is or whatever i mean we're, we're talking about the current tech and the current social media which is going to continue to evolve and there'll be new things out there so we'll you know we'll always mm-hmm. have to be um evolving those relationships but i i'm hopeful as well and i, I see a really positive thing coming out of this uh, Mark, I love what you're creating with Keo. It is so important for mental health. It's such an easy thing to avoid and uh, you've just made it so uh, clean and easy to use and valuable. So I'm excited oh. to see uh, Keo continue to evolve as well. Well, thank you, sir. I do want to talk a little bit, well, speaking of Keo, you know, we're pretty big on questions and mm-hmm. the powerful questions. And I definitely have to ask you, I mean, your podcast is a question, right? Are you being real? So why don't you explain, how did, how did that name come about? And, you know, where are things out in the podcast world for you? Sure. I, th- I think having a podcast is just a, a fun and powerful way to, uh, to get your message out there uh, to be heard. So uh, I'm a, it's been a really a joy to have the podcast for the last four years and it's evolved a lot, but uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about at the start where we're constantly challenged to be authentic. I know people are quick to say that they're authentic, but what I find is that authenticity is a moment by moment challenge and a moment by moment choice. And uh, it's those moments when it's most challenging, that's where it really counts. And that's when it's most important to be authentic, whether it's having a conversation with someone you love and speaking your truth or really having the courage to leave something that just feels slightly out of alignment, maybe a job 
for something that would bring you tremendous joy and uh, fulfillment. So I felt like there was an opportunity to have a, a podcast about that. And I launched the podcast. And I, when I first launched the podcast, it was actually called The One and Only. And the premise is there are 7 billion people, but only one of you. And we're each the one and only. We're all an important puzzle piece hmm. in this world, even when sometimes it feels like society is telling us that we should be like everybody else. So that's what kind of started it. But uh, I ended up changing the name to Are You Being Real? Because I felt like I had to really give the explanation of the one and only every time I described it versus Are You Being Real? is just kind of a more black and white kind of uh, sure. in your face kind of question. And you know, I think ultimately, if we have the courage to really ask ourselves that question and not just instantly answer yes, I think that there's a uh, a lot of juice there. And I think that just in living as a human, there's so many things to take inventory of and to keep track of in our life, whether it's our finances, whether it's our health, whether it's the way we spend our time, all the people that we care about, that I found that are you being real is a really narrowing question that you can ask about any of those things in your life that will really point to your North Star and to what's true and important and most authentic for you. So that's where I came up with uh, with the question. And how, you know, we, we, you've talked a little bit about some of the, I'll call the mental fitness practices um, in your life. One being the, obviously the, um, the birthday videos and whatnot. But for you personally, you know, how do you stay in check with whether you're, you're being real or not? Like, what are some of the what are some of the the practices that are keeping you grounded and, and questioning and, and, and whatnot? Yeah, to me, and you know, we all have different things that work for us individually. For me, accountability is the biggest piece because I consider myself to have pretty good awareness. Now, I certainly have my blind spots, but if I have awareness and declare something publicly or in an accountability group or running one of my winning weeks programs, which is all about accountability... That's when I usually have the support system to back me up in uh, actually following through. Because it's, as we all know, it's so easy to know that maybe we need to make a change in our nutrition and what we need to eat or, you know, about our job or finally writing that book that we've always wanted to write. But it's so easy to make excuses to ourselves like, oh, I think that the book will be better when I have more experience or, um, I got this big trip coming up. I'll start my diet after the trip. And I mean, we can just make up stories for anything. So I find that accountability is the biggest thing for me personally that really helps me stay on track in terms of both asking myself the questions as well as executing. Love it. Is there... Like if you think about when you're out of your your regular routine, right? You've you've left California, you're traveling or something, and or you're giving a talk. You know when the routine is rocked, let's just say, mm -hmm. what? Yeah. Like what are what is the maybe one thing or maybe you have a few things, but do you have any non negotiables when it comes to um, your mind or body, frankly? Hmm. You know that's a good question. Um... When I make a powerful decision, like the decision I made to not eat meat, I mean, I haven't eaten meat once since I made that decision. It was something I never even saw myself capable of doing, of not eating meat. But since I made that choice, I haven't done it. So to me, I, I do my best to make strong, firm commitments. So there's no gray area 
which mm-hmm. I think really opens the door for a, a spiral. But also, I, I think just being really loving on myself. So if I am going to make a choice, maybe to you know have a drink of alcohol or something, which I still have uh, a couple times a week, is just being real with myself as to why I want to have the drink. Maybe it's, you know, I had a stressful day. Maybe it's, I just want to share a beer with a friend, but being clear as to the why, as well as what the limit is and just really being true to myself about it. Because I think where it really ties to mental health, Mark, is when we don't honor our agreements to ourselves, we are doing a tremendous disservice to ourselves because we're telling ourselves that we're not good enough to be our word powerful or to be who we want to be. And I think that that really then opens the door for more self-sabotaging behavior. Totally. Now I don't think there's a right and wrong in terms of the choices that you make as long as you know, you're not hurting anybody else and your choices are in alignment with your values. Because I think the more that we live in alignment with our values and what we stand for, the more confident we're going to be in our own skin. And I think the more clear and on purpose we're going to be as well in the way that we live our lives. That's powerful stuff, Mark. I mean, the like what comes to mind when you're sharing that is just, again, almost it, it, like it's coming out of autopilot or it's slowing down to actually just ask that question, right? Like there's not every, we all have our, you know, we all have the things that we like to do and it, there's no, you know, wrong or right but just the fact that you know you're taking a half a second to think okay you know why am i having this drink and and what is the limit for example right Mm -hmm. um you know most of us don't do that and then that's when we get into trouble where things just start um cycling and and then all of a sudden you know you're in a completely different place and it's like how the hell do we get this this far right and you can use so many different examples for that but um just taking that time to think which which is powerful indeed yeah the other thing too actually and i mean i know you guys are good friends but uh you know when you when you mentioned the um the hard commitment on you know not eating meat it, it reminded me of lewis lewis house and just his you know mm. how he's never had a drink either and you know when you're saying that i was thinking about how he mentioned that as well and it's just what i'm what i'm trying to draw a parallel to is you know Again, it could be alcohol, it could be it could be food. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. But I think what both of you guys are doing is taking out any of the willpower required to make those decisions. Right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's black and white type thing. Have you have you done that with anything else in your life? You know, I think in a way the birthday videos is kind of like that yeah. because you know there's there's I don't just go through the list of people like today there were 12 and it's not like, uh, you know, I have no idea how I met this one person. Like there was someone today, I literally have no idea how I met this person and I've sent him a video three years in a row and he's responded every year. (laughs) So I'm like, well, I'm going to keep this tradition alive. He's probably actually, he might even be wondering if I'm going to send him a video. So it'd be weird if I didn't, it'd be weird (laughs) if I unfriended him, but I just do it. So there's no back door at all. So Yeah. yeah, I, I, I do firmly believe that, you know, when we have, I believe that we can form a habit for anything and, you know, whether it's not eating meat, whether it's going to the gym, you know, every single day, whether it's meditating every day, whether it's u- using the Keo app every morning and every night before you go to bed, <laughs> I, I think it's just important to develop 
positive habits that serve your well-being. And uh, if they serve others as well, uh, that's that's where the gravy is. Love it. I'm gonna. I want to respect your time, Mark. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start wrapping up. And one sure. of the f- final questions is, is actually to get questions. As you know, we have a ton of questions in in yeah. the app. And <laughs> so my question to you is is really, you know, are there three reflective prompts that you find yourself asking on a frequent basis or during big life changing uh, events that that have been helpful in your life? Yeah, sure. So. To me, there's there's three questions that are coming up to me that I I think are I'm finding these is like they're some of the, sometimes the most challenging. So at least for me personally, so I love a good hard question. So the first one is what am I avoiding? Oh, what yeah. am I avoiding right now? And I think oftentimes we know what we want or we know what would feel good or we know what our highest excitement is or know what we need to do, yet we avoid it. And I I have an example of that. And uh, uh, we were talking a little bit before, but I've developed this concept called Kindfluence. And I developed the concept and for like four months, I just didn't really do anything with it because I was just scared. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. It was going to require me to promote something new, to put something out there. And I literally sat on the idea for about four months until I had the courage to actually push through and uh, share it with people. So I think it was something I was even excited about. But I, there, there's so much going on. It's easy to avoid things, especially our health, uh, whether yeah. maybe it's something you need to go to the doctor for. So I, what am I avoiding? I think is a great question uh, to ask yourself. Uh, a second one would be, how can I give? How can I give? How can I be in a greatest contribution right now? And I think some people just naturally have a knack for that and are just giving without even thinking about it. But to me, there's just it's so easy to provide value for somebody else. And I know if you're like me, sometimes you overthink it. Like you got to you know, bend over backwards to help someone to feel like you gave when in reality, if you can just make someone's life even just a little bit brighter, that's still giving, whether just putting someone's a smile on someone's face. So how can I give uh, is is always a good one. And then the last one is, uh, what can I be supported with? And I think this question is incredibly important because every time I go on a lunch meeting, and I'm sure I asked you this question as well, Mark, is I always ask someone, how can I support you? And yeah. I even ask every one of my guests on my podcast, how can we support you? And most of the time, people just say, oh, just keep doing what you're doing. And they dodge the question. And yeah. <laughs> the reality is being a human can be really challenging. There's a lot of stuff that we could use support with. And oftentimes it's scary to ask for support because we don't want to be a burden on somebody else. And sometimes we don't ask for the exact support that we need. And when we don't do that, we're just like really keeping ourselves down and robbing other people the gift of giving and being that value for us because they probably would, I mean, people love to help each other out. Uh, and I, I think when we're not clear on how we can be supported and we don't ask for it, um, it's just kind of a recipe for uh, disaster. And so it's actually selfish not asking for support uh, unless you just are a user and abuser 
and you only call yeah. people when you need something. That's that's a that's a really interesting take. I, I really like that that perspective. And these are these are super powerful questions. Um, I really like the uh, I like them. I like all three, but I really like how you kicked it off with what you know. What am I avoiding right now? Because you know, if you really think about it, we we all have something, right? And and probably multiple things. And it's like those are the little things that just they can be the smallest of things, and but they just keep. Like just chipping away at at you, right? As a, as a human, and then eventually, you know, could build up into this big thing. So, might as well identify it and just hit it head on right away. Mm-hmm. So, huge thanks for sharing those. The last question for you is, you know, end of the day, love bomb aside, podcast aside, anything you're working on, just like what what lights you up or what makes you smile each day. Music, I think, is uh, what I have love. Music, or you know, without fail, always kind of puts a hop in my step and gets me grooving. So that, and just having deep, meaningful conversation, you know, whether with uh, with my girlfriend or with you right now, Mark, or with friends, that's what really brings me the most joy. And you know, I also find that when I'm connecting with others, uh, I get out of my head and my out of my stories that I often tell myself that uh, don't always feel good. So. Yeah, music and connection, I'd say, uh, bring me the most joy. Amazing. I want to send a huge thanks uh, from myself personally, but then also for everyone listening and everyone out there in the world that, you know, you've you've made a difference in their life. Um, you know, at one point you decided that there was a path that you wanted to take that felt more fulfilling and that, that drove you to you know, work and personal commitments that obviously light you up. And in doing that, obviously you're affecting a lot of people around the world and, you know, that shouldn't be taken lightly. So a huge thanks from everyone um, around the world that you've, that you've impacted. Thank you, Mark. I really, really appreciate it. And it's such a joy to be able to give and to share. Yes, you made it to the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for your attention. And if you enjoyed the chat, leave us a little love wherever you're listening. Stars, reviews, they go a long way. Don't forget, you can find all of these guests along with a ton of powerful reflective prompts in our digital journaling app, Kyo, K-Y-O. Search it in the Apple App Store and it'll pop up. Wishing you the absolute best in your mental fitness and an incredible day. 